0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. In this episode, Corby Goad with Turnkey Investing in Boise is with me. And his whole goal is to teach average people with average income how to make extraordinary returns. Colby, welcome to the show. Corby. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you having me, Shannon.
0: Now, all I got to do is say your name right. I know your name because you <laughs> used to be friends with my brother from how many hundreds of years ago was that?
1: I was way back in the day. I mean, this is a good thirty years ago, thirty years plus, for sure. So
0: we've known each other that long, man. Yeah, let yeah. Tell you what, normally people don't stay associated with me that long. But Corby, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about yourself and what makes you different.
1: All right, um, I'm a Boise native, and uh, I, I have lived here my entire life, obviously, and. I think what, what makes me different as far as a partner with the clients I'm working with is that I, I love working with new and first-time investors. I have a lot of clients that kind of span the gamut of, of uh, experience, but um, I, I kind of figured everything out on my own and I made all the terrible mistakes that everybody tells you you're going to make and, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to make those mistakes. I did make those mistakes. And uh, I really wish that I'd had somebody along the way that could kind of hold my hand and and tell me about different options that I had and different ways to go about things. And uh, like I said, I've I've kind of learned those things the hard way myself. And uh, I like sharing that with people and and helping them uh, avoid some of those same mistakes too. Uh, And on top of that, I I started this journey as a teacher fresh out of college. Obviously, I was not making great money. And so I, I also learned that, anybody can, can make decent money and create long-term wealth through real estate. And I love helping people do that, that, that maybe don't think it's possible.
0: You know, that's the funny thing too. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of the same regrets, but then again, you know, how else would we have learned what we've learned, right? Along the way. Uh, I, I come from, you know, as you know, my parents were both in real estate. My brother's a, a builder. We've, we've always been involved with this. And I still had to go bumping my toe along the way, right? But, you know, Corby, one of the things that I think is awesome about what you do and, and, and really what your, your whole company setup is to be is really to show that literally anyone, a school teacher, a scientist, a garbage collector, a, you know, somebody that works at Micron in electronics field, anybody can be an investor. And it's not just for people who are already rich, but how do you show people how to appreciate that and be the beneficiary of that investment?
1: Well, I, I like to, to sit down and talk a lot with my clients and walk them through all of their worst case scenarios and what they think. Because anybody who doesn't have experience with investing, of course, they jump onto forums or they're chatting with people who maybe don't have a bunch of experience that are in their circle. And all they hear about is people not paying rent, long vacancies, clogged toilets at 3 a.m., of course, the classic 3 a.m. clogged toilet. Uh, and, and so I, I talk with them about what my real experience has been like and it, it, there have been plenty of rough and stressful times but uh, the fact of the matter is that a lot of those a lot of those cliches and things that people worry about are are not a reality and and anybody can put pieces in place to protect themselves and protect their property and and really make uh, make it a, a passively functioning investment that serves them in the, the long run. Um, so I, I really like to just make sure that clients know me on a more personal level and understand that I'm going to be completely straight with them. And I'll tell them if they have a specific concern, whether, in my opinion, that's legit or I've experienced it before, or whether it's kind of a wives' tale. And there are some legit concerns that they have. And, and like I said, I'll be honest about those, but um, I, don't, I don't ever try to make my clients or push them in a direction of taking a risk that they don't understand or they're not comfortable with. My job is to make sure that they understand what their risk is and they're making a choice with their own money. And I'm going to hold their hand and guide them through the whole process.
0: Yeah, it's the typical, you know, tenants, toilets and termites, right? I mean the three T's that everybody fears. And, you know, the reality is if you don't know what you don't know, sometimes you don't know if you're asking the right questions or hyper focused on the wrong things. But Corby, let's back up just a minute. Where can people see some of the examples of what you have listed, what services you offer? I mean, where can people see what kind of hand-holding they can get along the way with you?
1: Um, we, we try to keep our website and like our, our social media stuff updated. Um, so our website's boiseturnkey.com. Um, and same thing, that's our handle on Facebook, uh, Twitter, which I should be better about using, and Instagram. Um that's but not very to,
0: presidential of you not to use Twitter. You know that.
1: I, I, I'm trying to keep it real here. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, we, we haven't done a great job of keeping things updated because, I, I mean, as you know, our market has been crazy and uh, and all of our staff have been out helping clients knock deals out. And so um, I, I'm not going to say I hope it slows down, but I, I would like an opportunity to, to get things updated a little bit more. But we have several projects that we've done recently and especially like on Instagram, we try to post uh, every time that we have a deal close for a client and, and some of the specifics about that. So, people can certainly find out more about us there. Um, and, and then we also own and run a property management company, which is called cohesionproperties.com. Um, as far as our services, they're completely integrated, but the the businesses themselves are separated. So, you can find out more specifically about property management there.
0: So, one of the things, Corby, that you, you talk a lot about is, you know, holding your client's hand and or... Um, letting them do it on on their own, and you know one of the things that i i 've always known about you is that 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 's a great thing that you do is you you educate and then let them pick but what what are the really the two different roles that that investors look at in what their options are with you well I mean you know the reality is people can be as active as they want to be or they can oh. be as passive as they want to be. Mm-hmm. how do you help people? What is it that you do that's that helps people to understand, hey, I want to be an active investor. I want that 3 a.m. phone call, mm-hmm. right? Or how how passive they want to be. Listen, I live in Albuquerque and I don't want to get any phone calls. I just want to see the check deposited. I mean, how do you use your educational background to help people understand what they really want to be as far as an
1: investor? Gotcha. Uh, so, I, I, I just walk them through the process and I have, it's funny, I, I have, two completely different deals on both ends of that spectrum that I'm working on right now for clients. I have uh, a local guy that I'm working on a deal with right now and he's buying a fixer upper and he, uh, he's just kind of getting his, his career started fresh out of school, but he, uh, was a, he worked for a general contractor back in the day. And so he's pretty handy. Um, and this is his first investment. And so he's literally calling me and asking if he can borrow my air compressor and he, he runs over to my garage and grabs it and he goes over to the house and he works, give him the air compressor, the saw. Uh, Brad Nail or whatever he needs, and he'll spend a few hours working on the house. And so you've also started a tool rental program. Uh, you, you know what? That's actually uh, a value <laughs> add for my clients. I do not charge for tool rental. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So that guy is intimately involved. I mean, he's over there doing everything himself, and he, he's doing it for two reasons. One, he honestly loves the work. And two, when you're, when you're renovating a building, especially in a market that's as hot as ours, as, as you know, Shannon, most of the expense that you're going to have is labor. Um, When the market is hot, good labor is expensive and very hard to find. You can find terrible labor anytime, but the terrible labor is still pretty expensive right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's, you don't even, it's, you know, terrible labor. You don't even get what you pay for and it's still late and it's still not delivered right. You know, and and that's that's one of the things that I think is is phenomenal is that, you know, here's somebody that understands the market he's getting into, right? (laughs) I'm in a hot market. Labor is non-existent. Pricing I can't afford, so I might as well make this money myself. So this guy is absolutely one hundred percent the active, the epitome of an active investor. Oh yeah, and that he's putting this thing together himself. Yeah. Now all he's got to do is do it in a timeline that the interest doesn't eat him up.
1: Yeah. There you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get in and out as far as the oh, oh, those loans. Um. So I've got I've got another deal that I'm working on right now with a client uh, in in California, of course, and. He wants me to help him. We're under contract now, but I helped him with deal analysis and identifying a property. And we're going through the, the process right now. But on the back end, he wants me to screen and place a tenant for him. And he's managed tenants remotely before. So I'm going to screen and place a tenant and then hand hand it to him. He has friends in the Valley that he says can help him with contractors and, and repairs that need to be done. And so I, I'm stepping away at that point, and And he's going to be moderately evolved from there. And then uh, on the, the far end of that spectrum, um, I just finished a deal with uh, an engineer, a software engineer in San Francisco that I think all said and done, we've probably spoken on the phone four times together. I've never seen her face. Uh, she closed a deal. She has, we've placed a tenant. We've been sending her rent checks for the last six weeks or the last the last two rent cycles anyway. Um, never met her face to face. She's never been to Boise.
0: Nice. You know, and, and you, that that kind of covers the gamut. And it really, it really speaks to your repertoire of what you can provide and understanding that everybody's a little bit different. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people who want to get into real estate, um, uh, want some mentoring, want some coaching, have, you know, stayed up late one night, too late, watched an infomercial or looked online, and they found a coaching class that they can identify with. And they think that that's the only way to do real estate. Yeah. you know? Uh, and what, what you and I know having done this for umpteen years is that anything in between is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be as, as active as you want to be. You can be as passive as you want to be. You can be as remote as you want to be. I mean, even nowadays with, with what we've experienced with, you know, everything that's been going on in our economy, I mean, You know, I've been doing Zoom meetings for two and a half years and nobody really, they just thought I was really cutting edge and now everybody's doing it. Uh And they've kind of caught on that this is the way that the future can get done. And And it creates great relationships. And if you're doing the kind of things that an experienced agent like yourself does, your software lady in San Francisco is going to be just fine to never have to come to Idaho, to never meet you, to never really know what neighborhood she's really in as long as what you are continuing to her to do is happening. So you're creating that on, on that end, a completely passive gal. And on the other end, you you've got the guy that's, you know, got the tool rental company yeah, uh, access to. So uh, you
1: know what? I hadn't even thought about charging for that, but I appreciate the idea.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, just don't give that guy my name. Uh, Cause <laughs> I don't want him mad at me about what we did there.
1: Right. No, no, no. I'll come up with a price sheet. It'll, it'll, all be fine. <laughs> so,
0: what is your end game or what's going on in the market? I mean, when you're looking at this and you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm talking with people right now mm-hmm. and I'm talking about what's going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months. The market's nuts. Interest rates are nuts. We don't even know if we can evict tenants. I mean, what is, what is, your, what is your, not a, sometimes probably your self-talk, but what is your talk to your clients about what's Corby's take on the world right now?
1: I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, and all I can tell people is what's happening today and what my experience has been like. Um, in Boise right now on, on the, the rental side, our vacancy rates have been hovering around 3% for almost a decade now. It's, it's virtually no vacancy. And so if I have a new investor that's coming to me and they're worried about, did I miss the boat is a uh, Boise is generally an appreciating market. So a lot of people investing here are banking on appreciation. They want to know if they're buying at the top of the market, um, because the cash flow is not always as great on on a a, a new investment, so and, people and by you know, clarifying I mean,
0: that when you're talking about the cash flow is not as great, it's not as great as markets like St. Louis or you know some of the other markets that are providing eight percent cash on cash. But they're certainly a lot better than a lot of the markets on the left coast where you've got you know a four cap and you're only an appreciation market. So we're kind of somewhere in the middle, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a balance. I I. I'd like to tell people that i look at investing as this continuum, and on the far end you have appreciation, and the other gains you have on the other end are cash flow and you can move that needle around that continuum and land on a different market um generally the where you land on that need uh, on that continuum is not not really deal specific it's going to be market specific so you want to find a market that's going to mm-hmm. meet those goals but yeah, I mean a lot of those markets in the midwest they cash flow really well, you get better returns. Um, month to month, like you better cash on cash returns. But the reality of it is that you're getting those returns because most of the time you're dealing with high maintenance tenants that are either Section 8 or they're down on their luck and they're living in those markets because they have to live there. They, they don't yeah. have anywhere to go.
0: I've talked to a friend of mine who's been investing in the Oklahoma market for almost 20 years and his house is worth slightly more than what he paid for it. I mean, like 25 or 30% more than what he paid for it 20 years ago but yeah. his cash has been almost nine and a half percent if he averages the last 20 years and he's never had a vacancy, right? Yeah. And so so it's kind of, you're right, it's kind of, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and it, it really is interesting because a lot of people fail to look at that. They come out of California and they go, oh gosh, is this gonna appreciate like California? Mm-hmm. Or they look at it and go, gosh, where's the cash flow that should be here like I saw in St.
1: Louis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you mentioned, we're, we're really kind of in the middle. and. I might be biased, but I, I think that that's ideal. We are,
0: we are, we've lived in a great place our whole life, so we, we are yeah, we're lucky. <laughs> the
1: the re- The reality of it is that the cash flow is great, and obviously that's what gets you through the next day, and it helps pay your bills, and and it'll it'll make your car payment, or it'll help you pay your your mortgage payment. But by and large, people don't become wealthy because of cash flow; they become wealthy because they have assets and equity that's growing. Um, So for, for example, the, that house in St. Louis that your buddy has or in the Oklahoma city, I'm sorry, that hasn't really appreciated. It may have put money in his pocket every single month, but every time he wants to do that, he's got to save up another 20 or $30,000 to get into another property that does that. In Boise, you can buy an entry level rental, have somebody else paying your mortgage for a couple of years, and it's going to appreciate so much that you can just borrow against that equity and go pick up another one with no money out of your pocket. Right. Um, And and that kind of comes back to, uh, a lot, of, a lot of these real estate gurus talk about these no money down deals and no money out of pocket. And I think a lot of newer investors think that that means you can go knock on somebody's door and they're going to pay for 100% of a property that you're buying, and then they're going to pay for the rehab, and then they're going to shake your hand on the way out the door. And that is not the way it works. When, when people are talking about no money down deals, generally, they're talking about moving equity around. Right. Uh, and I like to remind people, too, that getting a loan from a bank, that's other people's money. Right. I mean, p- people tend to think that other people's money is you're knocking on the next door neighbor's house and, and borrowing something. And that, that's a viable option. But you're using other people's money when you go to Chase and get a mortgage.
0: Well, the other thing too, when you're talking about the Mid-South where, you know, you're dealing with there's, there's still $80,000, $75,000 houses available, mm-hmm. you know, 3% down on, on $75,000 is just about a no money down deal where our, what's our median income or what's our, sorry, what's our median house price in, in uh, the Treasure Valley right now? What's uh, that single family
1: home for, uh, I haven't seen September numbers, but in August, we just hit 400,000.
0: Yeah. So, and, and what's that over the last five years, that's almost doubled, hasn't it?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're in it, we're definitely in an appreciating market, but the other thing is too, uh, Corby, I mean, if you're buying a house, if you're buying a $400,000 house, how far out of the money, and when I say out of the money, if you're putting your your 10% down or your whatever you've got to put down, how far are you out of the money on your rents? Are you 12 months out of the money? Are you 18 months before you're now being able to cash flow on that property?
1: Uh, it, there's a lot of factors that that uh, influence that. And obviously, um the type of loan that you're using and in your interest rate are going to have a, a huge effect on that. I, I would say most of the clients that I work with are using conventional bank, lo- bank loans. And right now, um, they're getting interest rates close to 3%, some a little bit under, some a little bit over, putting 25% down. Um, and depending on how they want to calculate their CapEx and their maintenance and, and those sorts of things, um, Most of my clients are cash flowing somewhere in the range of a couple hundred bucks the first year on a single family entry level home. And, and I don't do, I, I, have, I really have two types of, of clients. A lot of them want an entry level single family home in Boise or Meridian. And we do a lot of deals right now that are between like 275 and 325 for those types of deals. Um, and then I have others that want a higher end property and they're looking at something in that closer to that 500 range where you're going to get a little bit of a premium on rent. You're going to have a really high quality tenant. Um, and, and, uh, and probably see maybe a little bit lower cash on cash for something like that. But um, yeah, generally, I, I, don't, I don't try to give people like, here's exactly what your ROI is going to be on this property because everybody has different resources. I work with some people that use private money, hard money. Some people are using conventional bank loans and that greatly influences what your returns are going to look like.
0: Yeah, you know, but I think it's an important thing to look at that you're not, you know, you're not having to get into an appreciation market that has got you underwater for the next three years, while you're trying to make you know make ends meet, and you bought something that you better be able to feed. Sure. You no, know? and I and I think that that's that's where some people you know haven't made the differentiation that you know appreciation markets there are a difference because some of them you're buying and you're constantly feeding. It
1: mm-hmm. doesn't matter
0: what the rent is; you're still upside down on it until you sell it. But when you sell it, my goodness, didn't you make a lot of money? Um, being in a market that's fairly equilibriumed where you're you're able to make money um, enough to cover the mortgage payment and cover the repairs but you're not, it's not enough to cover your lifestyle but you're gonna get some appreciation that in a matter of a couple years now you've got you know 8 or 10 or 15 of these properties because you continue to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Now you've got a lifestyle that's provided you where you know every year you get a little bit more cash flow, a little bit more cash flow to where at the end of the day you know, I put together spreadsheets and stuff like this. If you get to the, if you get to the place where, you know, you buy in your first house and it takes you two years to save up enough to buy your second house, you know, and then you're starting to put a little bit more into that each year and you keep rolling your money in within a matter of 10 years, you're buying four and five and six houses a year yeah. because you've gotten to the place where now you can't place the cash fast enough. And that's when you can really kind of throttle back and begin to live on what you built you know that's when you're able to say hey i can convert this to a lifestyle payment that allows me to take care of myself off of single family homes
1: yep and all throughout that 10 years you have your debt pay down and appreciation and all of a sudden you have a serious nest egg there
0: right no that's definitely that's definitely true let's let's talk about some of the tax advantages that there are in multi or uh, in in single family that that allow you um, some additional benefits that a lot of people may or may not know about that that you can definitely help them take advantage of?
1: Yeah. So, uh, there, there's a lot of great stuff. You know, people generally hear like, that there are tax benefits, but they think that that means that you get to write off the bag of fertilizer that that your landscaper bought. Um, you do get to do that, but the greatest benefit of investing in in any type of real estate, but I mean, to put it simply, since it's kind of my, my wheelhouse, single-family homes, is... You get to depreciate that property over the course of 27 and a half years, and what that means is uh, you get a tax write-off that is equal to one 27 and a half of the value of that structure every single year. And so, I guess to make it simple, I usually give this example. Let's let's say that I'm working with an investor who makes $100,000 a year, and they buy a house that's $275,000. So with that $275,000 house, they get a $10,000 write-off every year on that house, no matter what's going on. Um, So if they were to do that 10 times, they get that $10,000 write-off, and over the course of a few years, they buy 10 houses at that same price, just to keep it simple. All of a sudden, they have $100,000 in depreciation they're writing off every year. Well, that's what their income is. Essentially, they've wiped out their income taxes through depreciation. And And that's what
0: a lot of people forget is now you've got an additional 30% that you were involved with a partner named Uncle Sam that you've eliminated from the equation. And now all of a sudden you can accelerate your habit, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, you can go buy more real estate. That's really what most people do when they realize what they can do when they they have just increased their income or their spendable money by 35%. Yep.
1: Yep. It's funny. I, uh, as I was starting my investing, um, I, I was learning about depreciation and kind of started to get a handle on it. But it, it really was generally a passive thing. We were buying a house or two a year for a while and putting some tenants in there. And it's generally growing pretty passively. Um, and the last year that I worked a day job, kind of the thing that clicked for me is we, we turned. What year was that? Over. What's that?
0: What, what, well, I'm, I want to stop you. What was the last year you worked a day job?
1: Uh, 2017, I think was the last year that I, I worked. So now company. you work day
0: and night cause you're a realtor, right? Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> no more day Perfect. For me. Okay. So
0: guys take notes. If you didn't notice that when you become a real estate agent, you give up the right to have any free time, just FYI. And that's oh, yeah. absolutely par for the course, right? Yep. yep. Uh,
1: if you want to be good at it, there's lots of real estate agents <laughs> that are suffering and, and they don't work at all. <laughs>
0: Yet figure it out, but their their phone never rings because they never answer it.
1: It's yeah, it's kind of a, a vicious circle. Uh, but anyhow, that we we turned all of our stuff into our accountant and kind of reviewed with him. And then when he sent our taxes back, um, my my tax rate was negative three percent. And so I thought, well, there's no longer a benefit of me working at a, a, a day job and paying taxes because I've maxed out my depreciation. I need to get out there and step up my game. And so that's what I've done. Yeah.
0: You know, that's that's awesome. Uh and that's a story that we can we hear repeated again and again and again. You know, the other thing too is is when you're working a day job, you know, you're paying that's that's considered ordinary income. And ordinary income is taxed at the highest tax rate available. Mm-hmm. But if you're making money on real estate on on your single family rentals, that's considered a dividend. That's taxed at fifteen percent. Yeah. That's considered passive income, so it's passively taxed. So just right there, you're able to cut your effective tax rate nearly in half before you even have to start taking the depreciation against that. Let's not talk about the 1031 that everybody knows about, that you're selling one property and you're moving it into another property and you're, and you you're avoiding the taxes on that. Uh, you know, there's just all kinds of benefit to it. Uh, plus, if you do it right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, you get to work with fantastic agents like Corby, right? I mean, <laughs> There isn't much better than that, and if you really get it right, you'll get to work with him as a property manager too.
1: It's a, truly a dream come true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Corby, as we kind of wrap this up, I, I, I want you to give me kind of one of your one of your go-to success stories of, you know, a, a slice in time where either it it happened perfectly. Or it was you know it was it was destined to be for the tenant or whatever whatever that story was. give us one of your go to
1: stories uh, so i I have a client that I work with pretty regularly, and he does all kinds of deals, um, but he he hadn't done any deal at all, never invested in real estate until a couple of years ago. Um, we chatted a couple of times and he flew to town to meet with me. Um, we chatted about real estate, and I kind of toured him around a little bit, but he he was fresh out of school, really sharp guy. Um, was an engineer making really great money and single and just kind of had disposable income and thought real estate sounded cool and heard that it was a great thing. And so um, we worked together and I kind of coached him into his first deal. And he partnered with one of his buddies on his first deal. Uh, we bought them a little place that needed some fixing up um, and th- they were out of state. So the, the fixing up that needed to be done was kind of lipstick stuff, carpet paint, some landscaping. We updated hardware, that kind of stuff. So they put a few bucks into that. And um, didn't, even, didn't even come to see the property until after we had tenants in there and they'd had it for a while. Uh, but they got a decent deal on that place. I wouldn't say it was a killer deal. They got a pretty good deal at the time. Um, that was just a couple of years ago. And since then, I can tell you that they've actually pulled equity out of that house. It's grown so much on, with the, the uh, appreciation that we forced through fixing the house up and then the appreciation that we've seen in the Boise market they've actually pulled enough cash out of that property without ever even coming here or living here to buy two more houses together um, not having to save up for any down payments and in addition to that, uh, that that's just a partnership there's one individual on his own has bought several other rentals I, both with me and he he does some uh, some cold calling with distressed sellers and that kind of stuff and, and picks them up on his own and over the course of of less than two years he he still works his day job but He makes more money off of real estate now than he does as a software engineer. And he makes really good money as a software engineer. And he's doing it all remotely in in Boise from California and just killing it. And he's doing it without even setting foot in Boise. I think he's been in the last two years. I think he's been here three times. Just popped in for a day (laughs) or two to see what he bought and he'll leave. But he's got several rentals here, several multifamily rentals that he's picked up several single families, and he does a whole bunch of other deals. I've actually partnered with him on two or three deals, and we flipped houses together. Um, He just went from no experience and a couple nickels to rub together to, it's. I mean, it's completely transformed his life.
0: And, you know, that's the funny thing that you, you know, the people – you know, it's funny because the younger generation, they look at it and they go, well, I got to create an app to get rich. You know, I got to, I got to be a TikTok star. You know, I mean, our kids, you know, I asked my son the other day to mow the lawn and he wanted to know what the app was, you know, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but it's almost gotten that bad, right? I mean, where, where they, they think that that's the only way to create wealth when in reality, you know, it's very easy to do. And, You know, a lot of people, I know I have, you probably have too, read the book, The Millionaire Next Door, uh, where it talks just about that same thing about not trying to get rich all of a sudden, but doing the same thing repeatedly and getting good at it and doing it well with real estate and taking advantage of the taxes really helps you to become someone that at just an ordinary person can become a a multimillionaire. Another another thing that I love to, to talk about is how, if, if you've ever listened to Anthony Robbins, he, he asks you, you know, what does your lifestyle need to be? You know, do you want to do, do these things and you want to, you know, take a private jet where you go and and four weeks of vacation on Exotic Island and all this other stuff. And and then he really has you put a price to that to realize that you don't need, you know, you don't need P. Diddy money. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you know, uh, uh multi-multi, you know, millionaire. You don't need to be Jeff Bezos to do this. You can do it as long as your time is yours and the income isn't dependent on you exchanging that time to make that money. And that's yeah. truly what real estate has done for you and I, your clients, my clients, to where they've truly been able to exchange their their clock. They're punching in and punching out. That's no longer a thing they have to do because they have made a, a passive income out of that That happens whether they do a thing today or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's truly the fantastic thing about real estate. And that's the exciting thing about being in the game we're in. Right.
1: Absolutely. I found my personal experience. We were doing a deal or two a year for about 15 years. Sometimes we were flipping something, sometimes keeping it to to buy and hold. And if we had a flip, we rolled it into a, a rental. But, um, that that last year that I was talking about where I, I had a negative three tax rate. And by the way, just to clarify, the government does not give you a payment for that additional negative 3%. <laughs> they
0: they <laughs> actually do this year with the modification of the CARES Act. You can file for through your last year's tax returns and you can get a refund that will bring that current.
1: Uh, you know what? I actually, I, I read just that. <laughs> Just FYI. So if you've
0: got some losses,
1: Carby, take them this year. Take them this year and go back and get some yeah. money from last year. So look, uh, but after doing that in my spare time for 15 years, which seems like a long time, but I was going real slowly, uh, learning along the way, I, I replaced all of my income. And as I mentioned before, I, I wiped out all of my taxes. And by replacing my income, it allowed me the freedom to quit my job and do whatever I wanted to do. And that's really made my real estate business just explode because now I can focus on it. Now I can work on it.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's also so much pressure that's taken off when you're not having to, you don't have to have a listing today. You don't yeah. have to get a client today. You know, you're not under the under the thumb that goes, man, I got a rent payment due. I got a, I got a car payment due. If I don't do this, something's getting repoed, right? And that changes your perspective and then it makes, it makes this fun. Yeah. You know, I, I've often used the analogy of, of being in real estate really truly is like playing Monopoly except mm-hmm. for the, you know, you don't get the race car or the dog or you know, the canon, But it really is because you're buying one house, you're buying two houses, you're buying multifamily, you know, you're buying industrial. But they're all fantastic assets that continue to produce money while you're off doing whatever you're off doing. Yeah. So, Corby, I really want to thank you for being on the Real Estate Rundown and talking with, uh, with my, my uh, audience here. I, I really want to thank you for your insight um, tell us again where do we find you and your geniusness and and the tool <laughs> rental club we really want to know about the tool rental club
1: oh boy I, I gotta I gotta work on that i need to coming up with a, a good URL for that one please <laughs> uh, so people can find me at Boise Turnkey uh, BoiseTurnkey.com uh, property management side is, is CohesionProperties.com and then on social media our handle on everything is Boise Turnkey so really easy to find awesome um and, and, and yeah, I appreciate you having me. And, and just to clarify, you you talked about people connecting with my geniusness. I, I like to point out that I am actually one of the dumber people that I know. And if I can pull this off, anyone listening to this podcast can do this. Hey, that's exactly why
0: I, I I'm a living model that anybody <laughs> can do this business right. because it doesn't take. I, I don't even have a college education. You
1: yeah. know, it you doesn't
0: go. take that. What it takes is it takes persistence. It takes a little bit of know-how, but more than anything. Corby, I think you can identify, it just takes a little determination. Yep. It just takes a little bit.
1: If you're willing to try and dip your toe in, in the long term, it's really hard to fail.
0: Yeah. So, Corby, I really appreciate you stopping by the Real Estate Rundown. I appreciate everything you had to share with us. We're going to get this out uh, to all of our listeners. And in that, we'll have all the links with it. So, thanks again for your time, Corby Go.
1: Cool. Thanks, Shannon. Appreciate you having me.